this is it. We have made it to episode 8 of the Midnight Gospel. I should probably say what this is. This is Midday Ramblings with Q. Which is I'm also, Q. we're on episode 8 of the Midday Ramblings with Q. True. Mm-hmm. And this is a series hosted by Caleb and Amy of the Untitled Fan Life Project. Welcome, Caleb and Amy. <laughs> Welcome, Cusick. Thanks for welcoming the host. <laughs> Thanks. And, and this is uh, Cusick, also goes by Q. Um, and he, Sir Lloyd. Sir Lloyd, and he's been our friend for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Cusick, that's how the I podcast like... got started. <laughs> Cusick, yeah. I feel like, like our 10-year anniversary is just like come and gone already. Or I feel like it's soon. I think I think uh, you haven't been I think we've probably already I think we've probably hit ten years at this point. Mm. Have we? You guys I, I do remember the first time you met was in too. GameStop by the Target oh, in Brentwood. That's not no that doesn't Yeah, count. you never remember that one. Amy doesn't does not count. remember you the first time she met you. And uh, it was when you were working at GameStop over like a holiday season and we were going to Target. Oh, I'm I like, do re- I, I do was like, remember Cusick that. works at this GameStop, you have to meet Cusick and then we went in. And you were there, and now I the GameStop doesn't that. exist, and neither does that memory of the name. Yeah, line. I only worked there for a holiday season, and it was terrible. Everyone that works there says it's terrible. But, but anyway, their stock's going up. Buy stock in GameStop. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a tongue well, twister. Well, yeah. Maybe they're figuring it out. Maybe they're figuring out how to do the digital stuff. They probably are. Because I nah. feel like the stores, the like the actual walk-in stores, probably aren't doing well. Hey, are we here to talk about GameStop? Are we here to talk about yes, the Midnight Yes, we are. We're here to, <laughs> I'm going to talk no, about No, we're whatever. here to talk about GameStop. No, the Midnight, the midnight GameStop. The Midnight um, GameStop. The Midnight Gospel. Okay, so episode eight uh, really uh, jumps kind of right into, well. It is the finale uh, of uh, the show. It is the finale of the show, and it could be the finale. Uh, yeah, it's very left, left open whether there's going to be another season or not. I mean, this, I this like easily it, could be it. It could be, but this I feel like at this point it. they would have like uh, announced another season already. Would they not have? It's been a while. It's been out well, for a almost a year. And people demand it's, the content nowadays. It. I think it came out on 420 last mm-hmm. year, so it's it been April, it's been out. Yeah. Which is so also Duncan a, Trestle's birthday. Is he yeah. born on 420? That is his birthday. Yeah. Because uh, his, his mom birthday. actually refer- references mm-hmm. that in this episode. You were born on April 20th. I'm like, man, what a cool guy. Yeah, he's got an April. He's got an April twentieth birthday. That's a fun fact about Duncan. Oh, they just call him Duncan in this episode. Like, yeah, they don't even. Yeah, they don't really bother with the whole Clancy thing. Which, well, the guest you know, is his mom. Yeah, the guest is his mom, and I think she was like a psychiatrist of some She's sort. She's a, a clinical life. therapist. Yeah, she studied clini- psychology. Okay, clinical th- clinical therapist yes. to be exact. Yes. Um, so but, Duncan uh, has his mom on for this final episode mm-hmm. yes and we also see at the beginning of the episode as he's going uh, about to go into the simulator which he actually goes into like a side spaceship where his mother is um, yeah where is he he's also, like in simulator no man's land or simulator limbo he doesn't actually go into the simulator, yeah he's kind he of is. he's kind of in limbo uh but uh there are cops showing up to uh i'm a cop stop cl- jinx yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, co- I'm a cop 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 i'm enlightened um uh, uh so we see cops and uh the bad guy from i think like episode three well it's uh mr hoops daniel hoops is like one space cast subscriber it's his dad i -hmm. think who's like a evil magician ruler (laughs) well well, he uh, who's also involved in politics 
Yeah, I think he's in the judicial branch of lawmaking. Uh, Isn't and, lawmaking uh, always in the judicial branch? No. Well, Congress uh, and they... Senate can pass laws. Yeah, checks and balances. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But wow. okay, but too much judicial. Yeah, we don't need to go into politics. But uh, so this starts visually when you first see um, Clancy or. Well, we'll just call him Duncan because they call him Duncan in this episode. Duncan's mom, she's, you know, a little younger looking, maybe like 40. And he comes in. Cartoon 40. Uh, it is a cartoon. I know. It's hard to tell what the it's cartoon is. Oh, tell. yeah. Yeah. But her uh, yeah, I'm saying cartoon character yeah. doesn't have many wrinkles. <laughs> no gray yeah, hair. Yeah. She's got, she's got black hair. Uh, she's wearing earrings. She's maybe cartoon 40. And Clancy <laughs> walks in. And Clancy's maybe what? Like cartoon 25. I'm going to go cartoon 32. This is really <laughs> Okay. Is that just cuz we're 32? I think he feels he feels about that age. Y'all aren't oh, 32 wait. yet. Stop it. You're I'm, you're 30. I'm yeah, I'm not 32. I'm about to turn 32. Okay, never mind. I don't even know what age I am. Um but uh I don't know. So what what is the first thing they start talking about? His birth. I feel like the conversation is Oh, that's right. That's they right. kind of go through his life, like how he was born, literally, physically, peeing on his doctor's glasses and getting yeah. circumcised. Yes, that happens. And his umbilical cord cut. And his umbilical cord. And his penis. And his penis, he got circum yes. he got circumcised. Yes. Uh, and the story of his older brother um, being clearly very jealous the first time he saw him, mm -hmm. sucking on his mom's teeth. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, tit suckers is that what they call babies in this tit episode tit suckers. Tit, yeah tit, what if we just called babies tit suckers, tit suckers. <laughs> that'd be funny like oh that, look at that little tit sucker right there it's a cute little tit sucker very literal uh, i love your tit sucker yeah <laughs> how, how long have you had your tit sucker? <laughs> how long has that one been sucking on your tit that tit sucker oh. yeah but uh yeah but they also talk a little bit about you know how uh or uh Duncan's mom is kind of talking how that's very uh, psychologically important. The oldest child kind of uh, taking on bigger roles of like you get called big even though you're still little. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I I actually stopped and was realized that we're all uh, Amy. You're the oldest. I am. Uh, Caleb is a middle child, and I am a youngest child. We're all. They're all uh, in different spots. Yeah, we're all in different spots in the old pecking order of births um none of us are only children but uh but yeah there's uh there's interesting i'm the only male i don't know well you and are the only male you don't have any males in your i have family. no males well, no males in your family well besides my dad no males in the siblings no male siblings oh that'd be interesting if you had no males yeah whatsoever that'd be cool just a matriarch Lineage. Power family. And now you live in a band that's basically a sausage fest. Yeah, I'm the only female. There's three different penises. But anyway, this... Yeah. That never happens. Anyway, um, so we're talking about Duncan's childhood. Yeah, Duncan's childhood. And anyway, this episode is so uh beautiful both visually and uh just the conversation because i mean you can tell it's like a real conversation between uh. a mother and son and she's also you find out she's got uh like stage four 
some form of bone cancer. Or breast I don't cancer. Right? He calls it he calls breast it bone cancer. cancer, and she corrects it to breast okay, cancer. But whatever. a, a right. very aggressive form of cancer. Yes, but she's had it yeah, for like three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, or I think it was like four to six years she oh, had maybe. it, which she she has passed now. Um, and yeah, in this real life. this episode was recorded three weeks before she passed away. Oh, three weeks. I didn't yeah. realize it was that yeah. soon. I, read that I thought too. it was. I thought it was recorded like the year she passed away. I didn't realize it was no, just a few weeks before. She died like three weeks mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. So it's literally wow. like on her deathbed almost. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm thinking there's not going to be a season two because, I mean, think about it. Like, Duncan Trussell probably watched this episode and it's like a great <laughs> way to like kind of keep his mom w- with him forever. And then it also ends with Ram Das, which is fun. That's true. Mm-hmm. There's There are a lot of like big, I feel like, stake markers of like this is the end that's like how, I felt how do you about beat? how do you beat detective two and westworld season one and both of those kept going well that's true detective true. seasons aren't connected though still i'm just yeah. saying as a show in general yeah that's true i mean it could, the show could still go on and it would still be fun but this final episode just feels so obviously There's personal probably things. to duncan yeah and a lot of big things um but I have done this, this is my third time watching, and every time Duncan's mom uh, like stops Duncan to like talk about um, being present and like stopping to see if you can feel the inside of your hand, I always pause this episode and like go through her meditation technique essentially. Yeah, I do it. Um, and the show, I, I think that's another great thing about this show is like, You've had seven episodes of really interesting conversations, often about meditation. This is like the first and death. episode. Uh, and death, yeah. But I feel like this is the first episode that genuinely takes time. Like, it doesn't say, like, okay, pause the episode and, um, like, do this exercise for, you know, just 30 seconds real quick or something. But that's been my reaction to this episode every time when they're having that conversation. So it's like, oh, I want to pause and I want to do this exercise that she's talking about. And it like, I don't know, I feel like this episode encourages the viewer to finally at least start that process if they haven't, uh, if they're watching this show. I don't know if you guys get that impression. Well, I think I just started naturally doing it too when she was talking about Mm -hmm. it. I started like trying to do it in my fingers where she's like, just feel the inside of your Your index index, finger. Like, can you have that awareness? And then that is what brings you to this present moment and yeah i was like just looking down at my fingers i'm like oh i'm forgetting about the show should have paused it probably missed a few moments <laughs> no i i mean i the same thing just kind of like naturally started doing that on my own as we were we watching the show but i remember that um practice from the first time that we watched this show through this is our this is our second time but the first time we watched it through back in like april or may of last year um i remember that practice that she brought up and it has been one that I've gone back to and I mean she's exactly right you can do it anywhere anytime and it doesn't cost you a penny and it's pretty powerful it's pretty powerful yeah I could see even in like doing it while we're rewatching episode two I'm like oh man this does just like put you right into your body right now Mm mm-hmm yeah, and it's uh, it's actually also interesting as she's giving that exercise. I think by then she's turned old, so she's kind of got gray hair yeah. as she's um, passing that along. And so you know, she's uh, like on her in her deathbed, right? At that point in the episode, in her mushroom deathbed. In her, oh my gosh, yes, that's oh, yeah. part of the visual episode. That's visuals of the episode. 
I enjoyed watching Clancy's vagina open. Yeah, and birth out his mom. <laughs> yeah, yes, and birth out his mom. As a baby. Um, yeah, so that's that's a crazy visual. So, like, I think, you know, the first, I don't know, 12 to 15 minutes, they're talking, and you see her get older. Um, and then and Clancy like, get older, too, in that time. But yeah, they're he, both, he, as, like, he only, as they go through his childhood and his upbringing, they're both aging. But he reaches both, maybe yeah. like adolescence or yeah. Well, he young starts adult. out as a baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Baby Clancy is so cute. I might want a baby Clancy he's tattoo. He's so cute. And he's <laughs> yes. Like his face is just oh, I, oof. Yeah. He's cutie. Pretty, pretty adorable. Um, but yeah, you see her uh, die right after she gives like this great meditation advice. Um, her cartoon character like dies and turns into this beautiful white mushroom. Which is mushrooms um, grow up around her body and envelop. Do what yeah. they do. What they do, they decompose. <laughs> yeah, and they then they birth new life. They birth new from life. Death to life, and then yeah, they created spores, um, and the spore landed on Clancy, yeah. and then he birthed his mom. <laughs> yes, yeah, a, 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 yeah, exactly. And the conversation picked up right it. where they left mm-hmm. off. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> which is quite hilarious. I also like that uh, there's like little bears throughout this episode, uh-huh. like colored doing bears. tests on yeah. them, and like what. There's kind of this little like mini story in the visuals where like two of the bears are kind of trying to draw the art of what's going on. Yeah, and one yeah. can draw really well and one can't. And anyway, the one that can't draw well is the one that tells Clancy that he's pregnant with his own mother and he's it's just pregnant? Like a terrible <laughs> Yeah. Ter- yeah. <laughs> like a terrible photo. Anyway, uh, there's there's a lot of good visual juicy moments in this episode as well little things and big things the visuals um, weren't as disconnected oh from no. the uh, the meat of the they were episode. so connected like they were very oh connected. yeah like it was him oh and yeah his everything kind of feels... walking through this world together and it was mm-hmm. it felt like it was all aligned pretty well properly oh yeah unlike uh, yes. previous uh, episodes <laughs> yeah some, <laughs> Where there's some zombie episodes attacks. are super wacky yeah, yeah. uh this episode definitely like visually is uh telling a beautiful story while you're also hearing the dialogue of a mother and son have like one of their last conversations ever apparently and it's very real and very Mm -hmm. sweet um but yeah so then clancy gets hit by a mushroom spore uh after she dies and he gives birth to her and now she's a baby and he's getting becoming an older man holding her and yeah the conversation picks up exactly where they left off uh talking about like meditation techniques and uh what is the next thing they start talking about as she's well now he little, starts getting like, older and getting approaching his cartoon death and she's like talking him through right. how to like come to peace terms it. and accept yeah. it and like oh, right. find peace or and peace and fear in accepting death or just the reality of it and yes, then they become planets, and then they get sucked into a black hole, and then... Well, they talk about, like, letting, letting your ego die, <laughs> like your ego death. They talk about, um, like, life being a river, a flow, a constant flow that's happening all around you, and how you get caught in the bushes or in the sticks. Well, and... that's where she brings up that meditation technique. So that oh, was that was way back that. then. Because yeah. he's like, if you get... Yeah, because you were, you were right. He, they talk about how... Life is like a river, and Clancy's like, "What happens when you get stuck on the side of the river, and you're stuck in all the, the weeds, and and like mosquitoes are biting you?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, they come back to the present." And she's like, "And here is how you do it." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's that's coming right. back now. But 
Some people don't even see the river, bro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but she kind of mentions how the however many years, like four years that she's been told she has however many months to live, uh, she feels like she's been living more because she's she's consciously dying mm -hmm. and living at the same time in a far more intense way. So that's kind of how she talks about um, that it's incredibly healthy to deal with your mortality and think about that because um, it, it frees you in a way knowing that death is inevitable but um, gives you more life to live in the here and now, I guess. That's kind of her point. Yeah. yeah, I think I, that's like the crux of, I mean... The show? Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's <laughs> well, yeah, kind of what it show. all comes up to. And then, you know, of course, they talk like, well, what are ways you can access that here and now or that present? That's, you know, how they've gone into meditation. and. Um, yeah, what does Clancy <laughs> say? That he doesn't know where he got it from, but meditation is preparation for mm -hmm, death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Preparation and he's like, I don't death. know where I heard this. And... <laughs> Do you feel like but she agrees? Cusick, do you think like in your meditation practice you thought of it as preparation for death? Um, when I first started to get into meditation, I don't know if I saw it as preparation for death, but I but back to episode our episode one conversation, my bad acid trip, I think meditation after that very consciously became a preparation of death because I did suffer uh, death or an ego death. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's really raining out there. I don't know if the audience can hear that. That rain coming I down. can't hear it. On my I miss those okay. Nashville rainstorms. We've been living in Arizona rainstorms. But we've had a rainstorm out here, and it's, now it's just mud, and that's what we live in. We live mud. in the mud. Oh. We live in the mud. In, in the, the mud. In the dirt. In the mud. <laughs> in the mud. Arizona Mudhouse sounds like a good uh, album name, maybe. Arizona oh wow! Mud house? Where the hell did that come from? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I love if you guys Arizona if you Mud wanted, House. If you want to do an album, you know, there you go, Arizona Mud House. Hey. You can work Noted. on it. Come I'm waiting on right you. After, come right after the podcast. So yeah, they turn into worlds after he dies. <laughs> planets. Planets. <laughs> planets. Well, they do have. They're like whole universes. There's like, remember, her planet is all full of. Her. <laughs> people that are all oh, yeah. his mm -hmm. mom doing, and, and even the and dogs are her okay I don't yeah know and she's talking she's well she's talking about the ego and like on her world everything is her yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes i don't know as she's yeah. being sucked into the black hole that's yes. a quick scene uh, though it is it's, it's like it literally actually just took me till now to realize what y'all were talking about because <laughs> it is it's like a three second when they're clip. planets or when they cut to what's on her, her world. on the world oh her on yeah. the world yeah it's all yeah, hers. All the hers on yeah. the world yeah <laughs> that's a very, it's a very small yeah. moment it is it's a very small I don't moment get it. but i know what so yeah what what that represents her ego death is that what you were saying well not your or does ego that have death, anything to do with anything is that just funny well, I think it was kind of, it was supposed to be kind of funny, but I want to say in the conversations, he's talking about how we get wrapped up in our identities and our egos. And when she was talking about that in the conversation, they like show her world is full of hers because I guess the point is in our worlds, the world revolves around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, mm -hmm. At least if we're not paying attention. <clears throat> so, I, I mean, I, 
I assume that's what the visual was for. It was kind of like a gag, but also just as she's talking about us getting wrapped up in our egos and our own, um, you know, she talks about the importance of trying to view reality as truthfully as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but she never sounds like pessimistic. I, that's another thing. Oh man, I really want to bring up True Detective again. We're gonna have to talk about True Detective. Uh, Spoiler for season True. one, True Detective. Well, no, I, I won't talk about too much about True Detective, but I'll, I will just say like a big theme is, uh, I guess, like realism and pessimism. And in order to be a realist, you have to be a pessimist, um, which you don't, uh, in my mm-hmm. opinion. To be a realist, you can be a realist that kind of goes down a middle path. You can be an optimistic realist. You can be a pessimistic realist. Uh, maybe most realists end up being more pessimistic but in this episode there's kind of uh duncan's mom is i think talking about kind of getting in touch with reality um and duncan's constantly talking about like the more pessimistic view i wouldn't say he necessarily comes off pessimistic but he's just like but what about this and all the heaviness with this uh and like the way reality hits you hard with this um and she just uh i don't know if she comes off I, well, I would sh- say she comes off as kind of an optimistic realist where she's like, yeah, but like when you go through that shit, like you go through a transfiguration, mm-hmm. you know, which well, she's like, I know love in, uh, is feeling pain. Like, you know, yeah. he's like when she's like, if you're going to feel it in your heart, like it's going to hurt. She's like, but it's that break is open. equally love as is the good feeling stuff. And she's like, you know, learn yeah. so much more about love by feeling that pain. Yeah, and I know in your guys' um, New Year's episode, I mean, like, I think, Amy, you said, like, 2020 had some of the highest highs and lowest lows. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure uh, you kind of understand the, I guess, the point she was making of, like, yeah, going through the hardships, though, makes you, I guess, better aware and appreciate the ups. I think something that I've, like... I've definitely learned, I definitely, like, really, I think, learned when I was in Aruba, um, like, a year and a half ago, but, you know, I feel like it's easy for us to want to shy away from feeling, like, really, really sad or feeling really, really angry or just anything, basically, that's not happiness all the time, and I think what I've learned is, like, the more you allow yourself to feel any emotion, and, like, I don't know, it in every emotion, it just, like, expands your circle of feeling maybe the emotions that you, air quote, want to feel more of. You know, like, if you really start to feel, if you really sit with or let pass through you the depth of your sadness, the highs of your joys just got that much more space or just got that much deeper as well. Or higher. Nice. Or higher. And yeah. Everything's or higher. Yeah. Taller. And I, and I know, um, I don't remember what episode, but I, I mentioned the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh that I really like. And I remember he had, I don't remember which book of his it was, but he kind of had this concept of like, um, I think he was talking a little bit about Christianity's like deadly sins, but he was talking about the difference of like anger and wrath and like wrath is a deadly sin, but anger isn't. And there's interesting reasons why, why that's the case. Um, but uh, he was kind of saying, like, uh, you know, 
I guess what we consider negative emotions like anger and sadness, like, yeah, we either try to tuck them away or, um, you know, they explode in ways. But he was saying, like, let all your negative emotions come, but, like, embrace them gently. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, man. I wish his, I remembered his actual passage because I remember it was worded very nice and flowery. <laughs> but, it was, but it was basically just, like, gently embrace your negative emotions. It yeah. was kind of that kind of juxtaposition sound. When I think you, like, really, the thing that really hits home with me with this episode and talking about, like, feeling neg those negative emotions, I guess, is just you can see visually and then also just hear, like, in Duncan's voice how much, like, how beautiful his love is for his mom because you can feel the happiness and joy that obviously he feels being around her and likes talking to her and being with her. And then you can also feel like the heaviness and sadness as he's talking with her and she's, they're talking about death and he, they both know that her death specifically is very soon. And it, you, I feel like as a viewer, I can feel all of those things as I watch this episode. And that's why I, I cry every time <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I actually didn't cry this time. This this the third time I've watched it, and I did cry the first time I watched this episode. Uh, this episode, I mean, I still got emotional, and I feel like when any if anyone watches this show, which you should, and that's why we've talked about it for eight episodes. If they're if they're um, listening to episode eight of our midday gospel podcast, then I hope they would have watched the show by now. But if you only but watch one episode, just watch this one. Yeah, just watch the last episode. Watch I mean, her, I, watch I, I would, watch them all. I would say watch all of it. <laughs> I mean, but yes. yeah, if you were, if you were just gonna be like, I have thirty minutes, I just want to watch. Then don't one watch of these. the last episode because it's thirty six minutes. <laughs> it's actually the longest. So well, you'll, whatever, miss, you'll miss the last six minutes. Yeah, the last. Six minutes. <laughs> yeah, that might be very important. So yeah. watch honestly, well, anyway. watch episode seven because it's kind of a lead into episode eight, and then you'll want to watch episode eight at some point when you have thirty seven minutes. Just yes. watch all of them. <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just. Saying. If you're listening, if you're listening to this, just watch them all. But yeah, no, this one, yeah, you really do like feel the intimate connection between Duncan and his mom and just, and they genuinely make each other laugh in the episode. And I genuinely <laughs> laughed out loud. I remember at what it was. Oh, I think it was just like her telling um, the story of his birth and him like peeing on the doctor uh -huh. and the fact that he had was born on a full moon. And then the circumcision part. Um, He's talking yeah, about getting circumcised <laughs> and wrapped in a pink blanket. <laughs> circumcised like wrapped in a pink blanket peed on the doctor he, and he ends up you know he is a comedian um so it was just it was cute to like get to hear that story from his mom and also be like oh you also had just like a funny birth you came into the world making people laugh and like mm. in in bizarre <clears throat> circumstances and clearly he has a very smart and thoughtful um and caring mother and i think that's probably passed on to duncan they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and obviously yeah the two of them know that she's been dealing with cancer and can die at any time in this conversation and like yeah the the weight of that is just felt so intensely in this episode mm -hmm. so i can only i can only imagine how happy yet probably how hard duncan probably bawled the first time he ever watched this episode you know whenever the show was getting ready to come out and he was watching it i'm sure this episode was very uh intense and beautiful for him because it's like I don't know, this episode immortalizes his mother. I mean, it's beautifully. both. Like, as 
obviously it's going to be different for him because he has like really deep rooted emotions attached to the well, the soul in this yeah. episode that he's talking to. Yeah. But as someone who doesn't know either of them personally, to still feel like really moved by it. I remember when I was like crying, I had this thought. I was like, wait, I was like, am I sad? Or am I crying because it's so, like, what emotion am I feeling? Is it sadness? Is it, like, like, you know, beauty and peace? Is it happiness? Is it anger? And it was kind of, it was just, like, a big round ball of, like, a beautiful, peaceful sadness. You know? Yeah. It Mm -hmm. was. And, like, it's it's weird. Like, it felt deeply sad and it felt deeply beautiful and just like the merging of those two together is uh, it's, it's what you can't really put to words to it too. i know yeah like yeah well I, I think like even before i had seen the last episode i think i was already suggesting for you guys to watch this the first time i watched it in either april or maybe it was early may of last year um but yeah, I remember when I watched the last episode, I think I texted you guys, like, that's when I got, like, annoying about texting you guys. <laughs> you... About, like, I, was, I, was, I, was like, I was like, you guys need to watch this show. I think I texted you, like, every few days. You did. Like, bugging bugging mm. you about it after I saw the last episode. Because I genuinely can't exactly compare it to... I mean, well... I don't know. There are so many movies that do an incredible job of making you connect to characters and whatever else. But I don't know. This episode uh, just feels like unique as far as the like bizarre cartoon comedy medium goes. Or I don't know if I would even call this episode a comedy, even though I laughed a couple times in this episode. Um, yeah, I just like I can't compare this episode to like anything else I've experienced in a show that is kind of like this so well it's like the most personal conversation you can hear <laughs> That's yeah not yeah. your own conversation with someone in your family you know it's like they, it was that's it because you you know in other movies or other shows i mean you see characters have conversations with their like someone they love deeply in a show or in a movie about you know maybe they are like they got in an accident and they're on their deathbed about to die and the sun comes in and they have this loving conversation but you still remember like it's not real but like this was real you know like i think that's a big just you can just feel that that like this is not you know just an actor son talking to his actor mom in this fake world show like this this is real and you can hear it and feel it in their voices and then it was real because she died three weeks Mm -hmm. later which Mm -hmm. is is also just like intriguing to listen to this conversation in this episode and then think about that from like duncan's point of view like has he been asked about like going back and watching this episode since she died i don't know do you guys know i don't know i mean yeah i don't know what sparked the show i mean i know i know the first episode was the first episode they completed but i don't know if like when they knew they were doing the show if Duncan was like, I definitely want my conversation with my mom to be an episode. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, I don't know if it was like pre-thought out or not, but it, I think this the podcast was recorded in like 2013. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's right. So that's when she died, and then it came out last year. So that's still seven years. 
So I find it hard to imagine for seven years he had been sitting on that podcast being like, I want to turn that podcast into a cartoon show, but <laughs> maybe he did. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to get him on this podcast. Do you think we can get Duncan trust? Duncan, if you're out there and you're listening. Are you listener number you five? <laughs> yeah, he's listener number five. I think we should dude, move Duncan... him up to listener number four, honestly. <laughs> yeah, dude, shout him, shout him out on uh, Instagram or something. He's very much a druggy hippie that goes to, like, Burning Man and stuff. You guys are right up his alley. All right, cool. What are you trying to stereotype us as? Druggy hippies that go to Burning Man? Do you even Man? know us, Cusick? Yeah, come on, dude. I'm saying you're druggy hippies that should go to Burning Man. <laughs> That's what I went into. So we're, like, outside of Tucson right now. And I went into a gas station this afternoon, and the guy goes, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> and I go, uh, no, I'm from Colorado. He goes, yeah, you don't look like you're from around here. <laughs> he's like, you look like you're from where I'm from. And I was like, well, where's that? He's like, Northern California. But I get this point. Oh. I don't look like right. We don't really fit in Arizona much. We fit Tucson's out here. Tucson's cool. Tucson's cool. I like Tucson. But Do they take kindly to your kind? To my kind? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen another person with dreads out here. Oh, we did. Okay. At that Trader Joe's. Oh yeah, of course, Trader Joe's. His yeah. dreads were down to like his. Cats. He was working at Trader Joe's, so that I haven't seen okay. one out in the wild. <laughs> you haven't seen yourself <laughs> out in the wild. I haven't seen myself out in the I just, wild. I didn't know if you had run into any like. I guess this guy had a gas either. station that we were like, we don't serve people with dreads here. No, and then I did, uh, at the same gas station last week, I jump-started a lady's car, and then she asked to buy weed off of me. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing that I had any originally, mm -hmm. but just yeah. another stereotype. I actually used to, when I had long hair, that would happen to me. People, and I didn't sell drugs, but people would come up to me and be like, hey, you sell weed, right? Can I buy weed out <laughs> hey, of you? I was like, yeah. what? Where did you get that what? idea? She was like, she's like, after I started cursing, she's like, here, take some money. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. She's like, do you have weed? I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, can I buy weed off you? I'm like, I just turned down your tip for jumping your car, and now you want to buy weed off of me? <laughs> it was very random. It was very random. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Well, I would say if you have dreads, you know, the propensity of you being someone that ha procures weed and might be able to sell a little extra, I feel like the percentage probably is higher. That stereotype might 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 kind of work. I think Maybe it stereotypes does. are okay sometimes. <laughs> I think yeah. they're okay. I think they yeah. work, but they're not. Maybe it's okay sometimes. Stereotypes I mean, are still what mean, people attach to them. Yeah, well, don't be mean to people just because uh, they do or don't fall into a stereotype. But, you know, sometimes stereotypes are helpful. Sometimes you need to find some weed and you see a dude with dreads and you're like, maybe I'll ask that guy because he and might you're probably right. know where to, where to get, get some and you're probably going to be right. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to continue the story because I want to get back to Midnight Gospel. I mean, that's the end of the story. <laughs> that's the end of the story. All right, all right. Uh, so the episode ends. Uh, uh, what's his name? Duncan? Hoops. Oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel, Daniel Hoops. Hoops. Daniel Hoops' father and the police show up and they uh, trash everything and uh, he blows up the unicorn and they smash the flower from Trity and uh, they Clancy the and uh, Sh Charlotte, right? Is that the dog? Mm -hmm. Yes. Charlotte, Charlotte yeah. yeah. Charlotte takes uh, the bullet. They, Charlotte takes a bullet in her belly. Uh, which is an infinite galaxy, so I think she'll be fine. 
and she and Clancy or Duncan jump into a simulator as it explodes, which makes everyone, I don't know, freeze in time or whatever. I know, what is like, it when uh, they like, catch on well, fire? Well, they, uh, they get wobbled. They get stuck. Is that, they're called wobbles, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. his neighbor's yeah, like, wobbles. oh, everyone's getting wobbled. Like, get in the simulator that or is something. That is it. Yeah. Wobbles, yeah. Yeah. They all got stuck in the wobbles. Like, uh, Captain Bryce. Captain, mm-hmm. Captain, Captain Bryce. Bryce. Captain, Captain Bryce. With his Captain Bryce. And those are my list of rules. Captain <laughs> Bryce. <laughs> yeah. From episode uh, five? Six. Uh, six, yeah. Six. Um, so yeah, then it explodes and Clancy doesn't know if he's dead, but he gets on a bus and it's got a character from every episode mm-hmm. in the series. Um, uh, and, and Ram Dass. For shoes. And Ram Dass. For shoes, he ha- he gets spoons, spoons. for shoes. From the guy that from the guy that plays spoons, spoons from episode uh, episode five where Bob in prison keeps dying over yeah, and over, yeah. over again. Oh yeah. Um, so he gets those spoon shoes, and then he sits by a char- the only character on the bus that we haven't seen in any of the previous uh, eight episodes, and ends up being Ram Das, and he asks oh, Ram Das. spoiled that. My bad. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. We I think we mentioned it at the beginning of the episode that Ram Das shows up. So yeah, the very last uh, line is Ram Das just saying, "Be here now." Um, and is twice. it an actual recording of Ram Das saying? That? It is. It sounds like it. Yeah, it, it is. Based it's on actual, the audio it's quality. Recording. It's yeah, it's it's not a conversation between Ram Dass and uh, Duncan Trussell, but yeah, it's an actual recording of Ram Dass, I think from one of his meditation, I don't know. I mean, he said that phrase once or twice. At or least. A trillion at, times. At least. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. a trillion times. Yeah. Okay, I did yeah, have a question for you guys on the episode. Oh, yeah. Because okay. I thought, they were talk- it's when Duncan's a child. And his mom brings up the concept that she says by age five, you're basically mm-hmm. established, like, who you're going to become. Well, they're just very it. formative in yeah, your Yeah, yeah, like the identity. most formative years are actually the first five years of your life. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if that, has that been studied? Um, I think that has been studied. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've read, I've read some, like, Jonathan Haidt, who I really like. Um, and he's he's looked into some of those studies. I don't know if I would say. I mean, I do think the first five years of your life, like making sure you're socialized properly um, as a kid, is definitely important. And um, I don't know. Th- there's a lot of uh, factors, but I don't know if I completely agreed. I was more interested. They didn't go as in depth, but when they were talking about, and this is why actually I mentioned it earlier that we have different categories amy is the oldest you're a middle child i'm a youngest yeah that's i was um, gonna circle I, back around uh, back around to that like how do you think yeah, it affected all of us I, being I, those see, different yeah i think i think the order of your birth as at least if you have siblings i think that has um a very big effect on on people if you're I mean, you know, there's always going to be different factors, and you know, are you in a two-parent has- household? Are your parents temperamental? Whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, it it does seem to be stereotypical that the old oldest child often um, becomes hyper responsible because they kind of have to care for their younger siblings. Although sometimes the oldest child becomes super rebellious as well because um, they now have a younger sibling, and not all. You know? Yeah, they have a younger sibling, and they act out, and they don't want to adopt um, that responsibility, and kind of, you know, why should they? Like, 
they didn't birth that, that child. That ain't my kid, so yo. It's, it's something that they're sharing resources with, not um, not providing for, mm-hmm. uh, unless unless you choose to provide for it. So you know, I my oldest uh, sibling is uh, is my sister, and she's she was definitely very responsible, good grades. Um, she was the main babysitter. She had three younger brothers. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely think that's affected her. And then me being the youngest, I got the most probably hand-me-down. So I got a lot of free shit. Uh, but, it wasn't, but it wasn't nice shit, but it was free shit. So, you know, I got spoiled in ways. You're like the wrong well, yeah, Another interesting connection between kind of us three is like, so the gap between uh, you and your next closest brother Eli yes. is the same gap that's between me and my oldest sister. And then essentially oh, we, me and Amy had the same gaps between us and our younger siblings, roughly. Uh, Emily and I are only two year, two and a half years okay. apart. Yeah, you're and you and Christina are like four. So. Okay. But well, grade still. wise, you were only a year behind me and they were like yes. four years. Yes. Four, yeah. So three years behind you. It's close. Okay. That might yeah. have been a stretch. But. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, but you guys both had younger sisters. Our, I mean, yeah. like, what what are your? Have you talked about like similar experiences having younger sisters? I mean, did either of you take on responsibility or or kind of hate the responsibility of having to take care of your younger sibling? I I definitely so I yeah I'm the oldest I'm the first and I just have one younger sister and we're two and a half years apart so super close in both age. Both you're the first but the youngest. Crazy. Mm, <laughs> um, so we're very close in age, and we were really close as friends too. And I don't think I ever took on. I definitely took on a lot of responsibility, like in terms of just like pleasing people. Like I liked. Um, I was always got good grades, you know, did everything that I was told to do, and because I didn't want to get in trouble, so I definitely took on like those aspects of being an older sibling i don't think i really took on like the caregiving aspects of an older sibling i don't think i needed to i don't know i didn't feel that i guess i guess if you're that close in age i mean you are growing up more as friends Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm your babysitter all the time yeah no it didn't feel that way like i think by the time i don't ever think i felt like i even really ever babysat her i think they just started once we were old enough and they felt comfortable <laughs> with it, they just left us home alone. Yeah. But there's yeah. no one like you're watching your little sister. Yeah. No, I never got that talk. Um, yeah. It was more just like growing up with a friend, a really good friend who was, you know, just a little bit younger than you. So of course, and you know, like ages zero to 13, that can be a big difference two and a half years. Um, but as we got older, it really wasn't. And so in the first five years of your life, you had a sister for three of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so okay. in like two and the and first half, five yeah. years of your life, Cusick, you only had your brother for one of them. You're an infant, right? But that wait, is that how the math works out? Wait. No, the first oh, five no, years wait. I had. You're right. I had two brothers and <laughs> I'll a sister. I'll think of your brother. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, for, yeah, the first five years of my life, I had three older siblings. Yes. One that was eight years older and another that was ten years older. So, I mean, they were, like, giants. Yeah, I butchered yeah. that. They I were, like, really old. They were, like, adults to you, probably, in, in your mind. Pract- practically. I mean, like, um, I mean, I, I love my sister and my oldest brother. But, yeah, they were very much, they were kind of their own set of kids is kind of how I think about it. Like, my Delaney and Jesse are only two <laughs> yeah. years apart 
and they're older and then Eli and I are three years apart yeah. and uh, you know there was a five-year gap between Jesse and Eli which is the biggest gap so it's kind of like they had a set of two kids and then they had another set of two yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, mm. Yeah. So I'm the I'm the youngest of the the younger batch. What do you <laughs> think? So what do you think you adopted or like what are some what are some traits you feel like you've adopted from being the youngest? Or maybe you they were traits in your um, life and you've like realized it and been like that's not my reality. Well, I mean, um, well, the first thing I think of is maybe more negative, which uh, the, the, I'm sure there's plenty of positive that I'll figure out, too. But um, but I do remember, like, well, like I said, being the youngest, I got a lot of hand-me-downs, so I was a little spoiled. It wasn't that I got necessarily nicer things, but I got a lot of things for free. Um, I didn't, I maybe didn't have the proper gratitude at the time, you know, uh, that maybe one should learn because it was just like oh yeah of course i get my older siblings things once they've outgrown them mm-hmm. or like aren't using them anymore um and then also i at a very young age i had a hyper realization though that i was like easily the most useless in the family <laughs> um, um which uh you know that's fine i was the youngest and but yeah i just like you didn't need to I be. Realized they, I was, they already had three other kids to do all their stuff for them. Like you could just yeah, hang out. Yeah, but it was like totally it was sense. like as as far as us being like little helper elves, I was the least helper <laughs> elf. And you know, if they needed to if they needed to get rid of one kid, because we were a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, I was the mouth they were gonna get rid of. If they were gonna drown one kid in the river, I was gonna be the one they were gonna throw in a bag with some bricks. You're like um, that the elf in um in Rudolph belongs on misfit island yeah well it wasn't necessarily misfit but anyway i just like <laughs> i knew i i recognized i don't know what age it just wasn't I was necessary just like, <laughs> i was yeah i was i was i was the least necessary family member and as a res, as a result though i became like hyper independent yeah i was like uh i i was like oh like I basically survive because these people just give me everything and I haven't had to work much for everything. So I don't remember exactly the age or the exact realization. I mean, I never probably would have articulated it that way at that age, but um, I just recognized like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the least useful in the family, but I should probably like learn to become um, resourceful for myself. But it kind of made me hyper independent which uh, I don't know if that's common for youngest children or not. I've heard youngest children are the most prone to uh, depression, sadly, but they're also often like the funniest in the family or like the one that makes the family laugh the most because they often want attention. I've heard the youngest often craves the attention. I think I got a lot of attention as a young kid and I had like a opposite reaction to it i eventually didn't like the attention because i didn't feel useful other than as a dancing monkey entertainment i mean that makes sense for a younger kid to not get as much attention just when you think in the terms of like um i mean the parents at that point are older than they were of course when they had their first one two three four kids before the youngest and they're probably I don't, they're older and they're just like they they've done this before, so they're not they're not as hyper attentive because they know they don't need to be. 
Um, so it just, I mean, it, it makes sense on all fronts, I think. Yeah, it's, I, I definitely think with y- younger children or the youngest child, there's more just like, oh, let the chips fall where they may. Like, they've got older siblings looking after them. Well, and they probably you know, realized, like, like, maybe they were super hyper aware with their first kid, thinking, like, they could, you know, mold it into this really responsible, kind human being, and then the kid isn't. And then they're probably like, well, you screw it. It doesn't matter what I we mean, do. Yeah, they're going to be who fourth, they are, you know? kid, if you have, like, some older kids, you got to know that you can't. They're going to become who they become. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can only do yeah. so much. Yeah. Let the chips fall but where they I, may. The apple won't fall far from the tree, hopefully. Typically not. I've I've met a few apples that rolled down a really big hill. Cheers to the rolling. Near the, and are not near the tree. But, yeah, cheers to the rolling. But, um, but yeah, I'd say normally the apple falls pretty pretty close to that old tree all right let's hear from the middle the middle child yeah, yeah. middle well, that, child i think that is what i would say impacted me the most as a childhood is being the middle child and then being the only male but i guess i was only a middle child for one year of my first five years of life which i don't know if that would have as much of an impact like one of my first memories is having is like being at the birth of my little sister but over the course of my i don't know if like in that time gap for my first five years, it really had an impact. But I would say like being a middle child and then being the only son mm-hmm. was more of what shaped probably who I am. Yeah. Which I mean, you have parents that come from a religious background that yeah. really place a lot, a lot yes, of value. That on too, that. which yeah, places more value. Yeah. So more than being like a second child or like something like that, I feel like being the only son and being the middle child were like my most, two formative elements of the family how do you think those for form formulated your being um well i don't i don't know i think i felt a little more isolated from my sisters and mom they kind of like formed their own little triangle which i think led me to being more in tune with my dad because we were kind of the only males and yeah yeah and that then, makes sense yeah that makes sense and so, yeah, that, that's, that's it. <laughs> but you're not into this, like, first five years of life thing. I, I just, like, question it. I don't know. It's so early. There's so many just, like, keep the kid alive moments that it's hard <laughs> to feel like you're really, you know. It's like the first 18 months is, like, you just got to keep food in their mouth and stuff. I thought, can you really start shaping their personalities? Well, it's but, hard for us to tell because, I mean, like you said, your first memory was your little sister being born. You were, what, four then? So it's hard to know even, like, it's hard to remember the first five years. Like, if you remember anything from the first five years of your life, I mean, I think yeah, you're bravo. four. I mean, I think you're four and five. That's when you really, mm-hmm. that is when you start to have some memories. But even then, they're probably going to be, like, really big things. Like, a sibling being born or, like, I remember going to kindergarten for the first time. Me too. I remember my first day of kindergarten. That's when I met Justin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember my first day of kindergarten and that's when i met ryan yeah so it'll be you know like big things that you remember but it's probably only from year four or five and it's probably pretty limited on what you remember so i think it's hard for us to really know when in terms of those years but i think that that i a lot of things i picked up on a lot of like core lessons we'll put Mm -hmm. it that way i would definitely say like i definitely from age five to like ten you know, like those early elementary school years, I see a lot of those like in my, in my hard 
hardware that were just like put in there and I didn't really question it. I just kind of let them be in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Elementary school, definitely. But just the first five years is what I just think. I mean, I don't want to agree or disagree either way. I yeah. just think it was an interesting like concept that she brought up to where it, I mean, I definitely think like family where you're placing the family definitely in play like impacts who you become but i just mm-hmm. don't know if it's like solely to those first five years or like yeah. mainly attributed yeah to those i, first I don't five years. i don't know how much are attributed to the first five years but i know i have read studies of, of just about the importance of like starting to socialize when they're around like two and like if they're not socialized with other kids by the time they're four they're probably going to be very antisocial as kids um, perfect and so society just, sucks yo yeah, but I mean, like, there's just, I, yeah, I, I agree with you in the sense that, like, my initial reaction was to kind of, like, disagree, like, oh, the first five years don't necessarily shape who you are today. Like, I don't think as, like, a 30-year-old adult, your first five years are as important as ages, like you said, Amy, like, 5 to 15, maybe that 10-year gap where you're learning a lot of, like, moral lessons, mm-hmm. you probably have more memories of uh, things that you experienced or heard or impacted your personality then. But I do think the first five years, I do know as far as like, and this is true for all social mammals, whether it's like dogs or mice or, you know, whatever you're studying, uh, chimps, um, having socialization when they're young and even toddlers, I know like two to four, it's incredibly important for kids to like learn to socialize then in the art of play or they become their personalities, I guess, are off. I'm sure. I'm sure there yeah. are like a lot of unconscious things you learn and internalize in those first five years. Yeah, and I feel like all those would be like subconscious levels yeah. of learning and social yeah. structure and family yeah. structure. And I'm sure they do manifest themselves in certain ways as you get older, and like come out in certain ways as you get older. But I don't know if you can sit there and, like, list them off as well as you can. Like, be like, that's because when you were three, it's yeah. because you used to always want to change your little sister's diaper. And that's why you are want to get a good grade when you're 15. Yeah. Or, like, I used to not get my diaper changed fast enough, so that's why I still like pooping my pants and just sitting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's warm, right? You're, and see, I think that is also preparation for death. Because as Game of Thrones says, yeah. what we don't think about enough is how people shit themselves when they die. Right? Yeah. Your body just cleanses itself when you die. Exactly. You probably that's pee how I meditate. and poop yourself. That's how, I, that's how I meditate and prepare for death. Is I just shit my pants and I sit in it. It's a really intense form of meditation. And you're like, am I dead? Oh like, why is my, my butt gosh. so warm and soft? How did Any, we get here? Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, that was pretty uh, sharp, <laughs> sharp left turn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is it is interesting uh, family pecking order. And um, since there aren't any here, let's just go ahead and say uh, fuck only children. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Only only children. We love you. I have friends that are only children. I mean, that's um, a different I dynamic, also, too. Yeah. That is, a, that is a very different dynamic, and I would assume as an only child, you probably put more, um, and also probably have more skepticism around picking friends, because friends aren't family, but friends are the family you choose, or 
I don't know. I don't know the point I'm trying to make. Well, I'm not going to assume what only children... I felt like I got children... just a hint of that being the only son. I felt, like felt more, like I felt like more isolated. I felt like on an island. Like, kind of like you were saying, Kuzik, with, like, they had a pair of kids and then they had another pair of kids, so you don't aren't connected as much in that way to your older siblings. I felt that way in general yeah. in the family. Even though I had two yeah. siblings, I did feel very isolated in terms of, like, only being an only something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were the. You had a big thing that separated the, you, yes. like physically, yeah. mentally, like yeah. all the ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and you carry the name. Oh yeah. You're no. the only. You're the only one that carries the name. Which I might want to change. I was thinking about that the other day. We can change our name. Yeah, you can. Isn't that cool? Yeah, Man, you can. Like, I've can done that before. Yeah, you have. Yeah. And like, but but you should. Uh, we you could should change it. your name to Easter. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be funny. <laughs> that'd be cool. If if you wanted to. Well, it's a possibility that I'd never really... It's always a possibility. Yeah, I'd never really considered it. Is there a it. limit? Does anyone know? I don't know. Ask to, Chad Ochocinco. Like He's changed it a few times. How many times you change your name? Or yeah. uh, uh, Ron Artest. I mean, Metal World, Metal World Peace. Peace. How many different names has he gone by now? Just the two. Maybe, I thought I there was know. another one in there. I don't know. Well, he might go by another name, but as far as legally changing it, I don't. I would assume there's like a max, like after you legally change yeah, it. Yeah, I would times. think so. It's like, what is this guy running from? Or you know, I don't know. Or would, like, I at would least... change my name to always legally let me change my name. They have to approve it too, I think, right? I don't know. Do they have to approve it? I don't know. I don't there's think been so. some weird kid names. Yeah, there's been like, like kid Elon names Musk that was just kid like, names is like letters but, and um, a math equation. <laughs> yeah. and there was like another yeah. kid that there was another kid that was just named like the whole alphabet or something. Oh wow! Really? I didn't hear about that one. Or no, it was maybe like A B C Def A B C Def. Or I don't know. It was like the first few letters, but you were you were supposed to pronounce it weird, or I don't remember what it was. Oh, I don't God. think there's rules on names. I think you can name them whatever you want. Well, I think you can name. Who knows? A kid, whatever you want, but I'm talking about changing your name. If it's like. I think you should be able to change your name to whatever you want. I mean, I mean, I think so too. You but... me, you call me Q and Sir Lloyd. It's like I get to experience being someone else. Yeah, a different identity. Yeah. Because I go by a lot of names in the real world, and I answer to all of them. They're all the same character, though, pretty much. Yeah. Honestly, names don't really matter. It's just like another label. I like, mean, it's, that's how I feel it's a, efficient. a lot. Yeah, like meeting people, or like in the last few years, I feel like I met a lot of people in like very contained, like in a one week gap. And I know them very mm-hmm. well in that one week, but I won't really remember their name, but that won't impact like being able to communicate or like hang out with them again like i don't need to know their name to like love them or be friends with them and like that's never an obstacle to like being like oh yeah i would hang out with you again even though i don't really remember your name i agree i agree but i do think there's something special about remembering people's names also there's just nothing not special about not remembering someone's name yes well it doesn't keep (laughs) me from like thinking i we're not connected if i don't remember your name Uh but I do. I don't. It shows that you're listening. I don't know. I I I've like. I don't think so. I don't think it matters. Well, I guess I guess I would say that I've had more. Or there there are more people whose names that I know that I've not had special moments with, and then there are people that I've had special moments with, but I never knew their name, and there's less of those. But I wish there were more of those. Mm-hmm. I wish there were. Or well. I wish I would just remember their name and have a nice moment with them. But I'm just saying, uh, 
I think I know more people's names who I haven't had yeah. special moments than yes. had special moments yes. with nameless people. I un- you yeah, know what I mean? understand that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's efficiency. It's just like, I have to speak to you and so that you know I'm speaking to you, I need to call you something. Yeah, I'm just going to change my name to X. X. X hey, don't X. give it to you. X don't give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, should we wrap up? I don't know. We've been going a while. We have. We have really? been going a while, yeah. I know. It's surprising. Well, okay. Well, that, the storm that wraps... is coming past. Dude, it's storming here too. Wow. It just, look, yeah, look it just started raining like five Ooh. minutes ago. So, final question, if we were to change our name to anything, what would it be? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dolphin Mermaid. Ooh, that's a cool Dolphin name. Mermaid. Yeah. I think I would just change my name to Patience. Patience? patience. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Just the, I mean, Patience. Just that. You can call me Pat. Okay. Pat for sure. <laughs> I would call you Pate. Pate? Or Ince. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah what if it, what if i smell it like patients like like i'm multiple patients in a hospital that's actually what i thought at first yeah, oh, patients. <laughs> i'm just a, i'm patients. a bunch of patients I'm in a hospital i'm a bunch of patients i have i have multiple personalities oh my gosh okay that was too silly all right Never. all right Kizik, take us out no, Caleb, you have to say yours. Oh, right. I already said X. Yeah, oh, X. Just, okay. It can be short oh, for Xylophone. And, and, <laughs> and, and to close us out, X gonna give it to you. Uh, <sighs> thank you, listeners, for listening to uh, this. Oh, yeah, this is the last. It's the end of the series. Midnight, the end of our series talking about the Midnight Gospel. I'm sure we'll be back. Maybe we'll be talking about other artistic mediums. Who knows? What if one but, of us dies um, three weeks after we record this? Just like I might get struck. I, I might get dolphin <laughs> mermaid. <laughs> I, All right, we I'm, have to refer I'm, to each other as these names, okay? Patience. All right. All right. Patience. Patience. You say Pat, That's and I'll me. say Pat. All right. All right. Well, dolphin <laughs> and X, it has been an absolute pleasure talking dolphin about mermaid. the Midnight Gospel with you. If you've been listening to our series and watch the show, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, tune in for next time when there's more There will more be a next stuff. time. There will be more there midday be ramblings. Time. Yeah, there, there definitely will. The midnight gospel. I ramble away. But there will be more. Because we, like, we like other things. I'm actually looking forward like to things. these kind of off-the-cuff episodes oh, because so, they might yeah. be more rambly, and that's the whole point of the show, right, is to fucking ramble. This one got rambly. It is. Yeah. That's true. And I'm, I'm embracing so, the ramble. Embrace the ramble. Embrace the ramble. X going to give it to you. All right. <laughs> Dolphin, uh, thank you all. So- <laughs> thank you all Mr. so much. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm glad you've had the patience uh, okay, to listen wait. to us. Okay. I love you. We, Bye. Cusick. We love you. I mean, mm-ts. goodbye. Mm-ts.